Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Marley mates. Welcome back to the program. You are joining us here today on Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast as we celebrate another milestone episode. What milestone is it that you ask? Not really any. It's just me kind of talking. I don't know if you can hear the noise in the background, but it's pretty awesome. It's it's raining. That's all. Just rain. A A little bit of thunder. There's even birds chirping, so I got like birds chirping, rain falling, thunder in the background, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, and here I am stuck in the middle with this sheep. Uh, You know what I'm saying. But I I wanted to go ahead and record anyways. I was in the mood, and today as I record and sit here, it is 6 September, so we are in the burr months, which is great. That makes me excited. Uh, obviously, I've been in the Halloween spirit um, since November 1st of last year. The, the fact of the matter is it never really stops. But, you know, as soon as July 5th rolls around and merch is on the shelves, it's game on, homie, because, like, when it's in abundance, that's the good stuff. But the crazy thing is, as I, as I mentioned, it's early the early first week of September right now, first day of school kids are going back. And wouldn't you know that today was the hottest it's been all damn summer. I'm talking heat index of around 95, 97. And uh, that's about enough to piss off a preacher. I can tell you that much because I tell you what, man, summer had its opportunity. It had its chance. It's, It's called the Burr months for a reason. The September, October, November, December, it's time to be a little bit chilly. The burr comes from being a little bit cold. So can we can we do that, please? Can we get back into that? Can we stop pretending that summer's trying to hang on here? Because I'm not having it. And, uh, you know, I, I get that. I'm probably among the, the minority when it comes to that way of thinking. But that's how I roll. And I, I want to be able to do that. So I'm sitting here in my apartment. I turn the fans off because uh, I don't want to have more background noise than I already do. And so I'm already sweating here waiting for you uh, to record and lay down some tracks. But what I think that the rain's going to do, hopefully it's it's going to be one of two things, right? Hopefully it cools things down a little bit. 
either that or it's going to raise the humidity to ball level. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully that's not the case. But um, I don't know. We'll see. So uh, if you joined us when I was in Michigan uh, earlier last week, as I'm sitting here today recording, we did a Facebook Live uh, with my dear sweet grandmother. And I went into my storage unit to get a piece to, to focus on for that segment. And I'm going to talk about that in a future episode as I turn that, that audio into a, a full-on podcast with a little bit of extra love. But when I was there, um, I was kind of combing through some stuff. Now, that was easily accessible because I knew where I was. I, I remember approximately how to get to it, and it wasn't too challenging. I've got a 10 by 10 storage unit, and that, that mofo is packed to the gills, as the fish say. And uh, I was really kind of combing through stuff, hoping I could get my hands on some other things. And so it wasn't super easy to get to, but I have had this portfolio uh, for decades. And in it is some of my much older work, some of the stuff that I've kept from high school, and very, very few pieces from college, because as I talked about in a previous episode, and episodes plural, I wasn't crazy about a lot of the work that I produced in college, so I didn't really keep a ton of it. But um, I wanted to utilize this week's episode to kind of talk about some pieces that I did back all the way in the 1900s. Yeah, you heard me right. Back in, in the 1900s, circa 1996, 1997 time frame. And as I mentioned in a previous episode or two, that when I was in high school, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't called, it was towards the end of my my high school years, or mid, mid to end, that I really started wanting to get serious about pursuing some type of visual art as opposed to more of the technical drawing and architecture type stuff. And so I was taking every art class I could get my hands on to include AP art, advanced placement art. And at that time, I was trying to showcase my air quotes talent in a variety of different media and ways to show um, a range of different skill sets and so forth. And so I was I was trying different pieces conceptually and I, I came across a couple of those that I wanted to talk about. I hung on to them because even though they may not necessarily demonstrate what I feel is uh, talent to the degree in which I, I work in currently, I think we're all our own worst critics, but I, I still look at these pieces and I still, they make me smile. I kind of enjoy them. Uh, there's definitely elements that I feel like I, I did well and other things that I feel like uh, I could definitely improve upon or I have improved upon. And so I just wanted to use this time to talk about those because they show that growth, they show development. And that's what this is all about. It's not about necessarily just... Um, having a talent and like not not going any further. It's not about achieving that greatness and, and then you you peak. There's that pinnacle and like nothing ever tops that. Like I, I highly doubt I'll ever produce a masterpiece. And like even to me conceptually having a masterpiece seems kind of ridiculous because it's it's like it, does that indicate that you you have arrived and you possibly can't get any better. You can't possibly do anything more that is going to uh, accentuate your talent or demonstrate your your ability or your motivations or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening. Maybe once it's all said and done and I'm freaking six feet under tits up, 
perhaps somebody else will say, you know what, this is his masterpiece and their perspectives. And maybe somebody else will be like, hey, you mind if I throw this stuff out or, you know, what's up? So I don't know. But anyways, drawing it out, long story short, long story long, let's get into it. Um, I'm going to talk about the first one. And uh, it's, I said it was approximately 96, 97 time frame because they're not dated. And I don't know exactly when these took place, but because of the circumstances, because of the time frame in which I graduated, that year I kind of remember. And I also um, just, I know what I was doing at the time. And it's funny because I actually, um, I actually applied for the AP program and I didn't receive the credit for it. And I can remember like having to do slides and I still have them like actual Kodak slides that you would put in a projector. And uh, it's fun kind of looking back on these and some of them I'm like, yeah, this is decent. And other ones are like, yeah, this is, this is clown shoes, but whatever it, it was, what it was. And so, um, yeah, let's talk about a couple of those. The first piece we're going to talk about is called death of the Pillsbury boy. And I realized as I'm like reading the title, so many years ago, as I wrote it, I failed to mention it's the Pillsbury Doughboy. So uh, we know we know the story, but that's the that's the actual title, and I'm not going to change it because it's it's not really signed. It's just my name on there. But you know my rule: if I sign it, that's it. Um, so I'm not going to go back and readjust this. Plus, it, it took place 30-ish years ago, some sort of to a degree, almost, and then. Yeah, so this piece is a 14 by 16 piece mounted on poster board, uh, just on, just regular uh, artist, artist paper on poster board with uh, ink as the primary medium, just black ink. The whole point of this piece was to showcase uh, design and pointillism, and it's all done with basic line work and as many pointillistic aspects as possible. And to describe the piece to you, it's basically the Pillsbury Doughboy on a countertop. The backdrop of the backsplash is just some basic square like subway tiles. Then you've got a very plain, very much like that classic 1950s white formica countertop with the speckles in it. There's a canister that's on the counter that is kind of upper in the upper right hand corner. And then there's a finger who typically pokes the belly of the Pillsbury Doughboy and you get the little <laughs> but uh, this finger is a little bit too forceful and he's poking himself right through the belly of the Pillsbury Doughboy just going right through it. And so there's like black goo oozing down uh, the finger that's penetrating the belly. He's just like arms sprawled and behind him is just like a black splatter just like all over the backsplash. And he's got this big, huge like vomit of black coming out of his mouth. Yeah, so good, clean, fun. Um, yeah, even back then I had problems. So there you have it. But the, the thing of it is, is that I try to use and every area that had any sort of shading elements to it, it's all done in pointillism. So it's just all these tiny, 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 tiny little dots that make up what is 
the shading uh, of the piece. And so it's not super complex. It's not really even all that very detailed. I love the aspect of the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like I just, I think it's, I don't know. I look at it now and I, I felt like it was, it was well drawn. I feel like it looks like him. I think it's, it's just comical and funny. If I could just kind of like crop the piece to be focused on just him with the hand, I'd be happier with it. But the rest is just a lot of just kind of negative wasted space. And it's just very basic. It's not, it's not very, very detailed, but I enjoyed doing it. And I don't know, there was a technique that it was very time consuming because it was constantly little dots. And so I drew it out in pencil. I can remember that and just kind of had it all blocked out. And then I went through with the pen and ink and just essentially filled it in, or I would just trace over the, the original drawing in, uh, in such a way that it was done in a very painstakingly dot after dot after dot. So, uh, like I said, I, I hang on to it because I, I like it. I don't like all of it, but I, I like a, enough of it. It's not something that I would probably frame or display, but it's, I, I, I'm glad to have it just to serve as a reminder of, of what was and uh, kind of where I came from there. I've always felt like my ability to draw has been significant um, to a degree, more so like I could, I could repeat or I could, I could mimic cartoon characters. That was always kind of my, my initial inspiration. I would, I would take a lot of opportunity to try to recreate those. And I felt like I do that well. Uh, other things, not quite the same. Like I'm not, I, I couldn't draw a portrait of somebody. I don't, I don't work in that style. I don't have a realistic approach. Everything I do is more, if it's not cartoony, it's going to be somewhat of a, of an abstract representation of something like that or expressionistic. But yeah, I, I like this and it's, uh, it's comical. And I think you'll get a chuckle out of it when you see it. Uh, visit the Facebook page and or the IG. And I think I'll probably use this as the album art for this week's episode too. But yeah, that was the, that's the piece. The other piece that we're going to talk about tonight is titled Welcome to Cartoon Hell. And it was a linoleum carving ink block, ink block print, easy for me to say, uh, dimensions 10 by 13 and a half. I just realized, did I, did I even say the other dimensions of the other one? I don't know. The other one's 14 by 16 in case anybody cares. Uh, is it going to make your day? Doubtful. But now you know, and knowing's half the battle. So the other one that we're talking about here, welcome to Cartoon Hell. Like I said, it's a, it was a linoleum block carving print. And I carved this with some average uh, ink linoleum carving tools. Uh, it's hard enough to say, let alone do. It's not really something I really enjoyed. I've watched several videos online of people doing so and kind of going through that, that process. And it's it's very satisfying to watch somebody carve as they, they kind of take away the linoleum. But it's almost like you're working in reverse and you have to imagine what those layers will look like. And so if you were to think about like, when you see establishments, they, they do sometimes uh, paintings on windows and you really have to work backwards. So you start with whatever the layer is that's going to be closest to you 
and then they kind of work their way out. And so they're kind of, if they were to build a face, they would put like the, I don't know, they put the, the pupils of the eye and then they put the, the, the whites of the eyes and then they would put, you know, they would just keep working their way backwards. And so it's, it, it adds an extra layer of, of challenge to it, but it's not the fact that it's hard that made it not interesting to me. It was just like, eh, I'm not really, it doesn't really do it for me. I, whatever. I don't know, but I wanted to try it and wanted to give it a shot and see what I could do with it. And this kind of came out surprisingly not as expected. I remember just like seeing the results and I did one print and that was it. I was going to use this block, whatever happened, happened. And oftentimes you'll see that with, with block prints like that, uh, people make a series of prints or they'll, they'll try to produce them all in as many ways as possible. And they all have the different layers, but um, that was not my intent. I was just going to do one because I just needed to put it as a, as a piece for my portfolio. And so that's what I did. And to describe it, it basically looks like a face with a kind of a, a shoulders kind of tapering down into the torso and just kind of, it just kind of fades from there. So there's no arms. It's just kind of like, even like the face itself is kind of like coming at you where it is, uh, you can't really see a neck. So it's kind of like looking down, but it's, it looks very much like a classic smiley face. And the thing of it is, is that where it gets its title from is that when I applied the ink to this, I must have put too much in some areas and not enough in others. And so it makes a very distorted image that's, that's interesting. And so the face itself is round. And like I said, it's very much resembles the classic have a nice day, yellow smiley face with the black eyes and the smile. And it, I used a teal color, so it's not yellow. And I put two dots of black for the eyes. I don't know what I had going on at the top, but the way that it turned out, it actually kind of looks like hair that's parted. And then for the smile at the bottom, it's just a, a basic smile, but it's not a it's not a big smile. It's just kind of more of just a, a mouth. Not straight across, but just kind of very closely borders the bottom of the of the face. And so the, the way the image and the ink transferred is, I don't want to say smeared, but it kind of is. It's almost kind of like it's it's streaked. And so when you have ink that you're going to kind of apply pressure to, if it's too much, it's just going to spread. And so that's kind of what happened, only it all went in one direction. And so it almost looks like the face is melting. The eyes are melting and there's no... The eyes are just black. There's no, there's no detail. So that you've got these black spots for eyes and then they run. So sometimes when Alice Cooper would do his makeup, he would, he's traditionally known for his, his blackened eyes. And then he's got like uh, one line above each going up and one coming down. But sometimes every once in a while he would do a makeup where it would just be almost like uh, just all sorts of lines coming down. And that's kind of what this looks like. And it was unintentional, but it, it it works. And that's where the the title came from because it just looks like this demented, demonic, 
um, friendly and happy and cute because of the colors, but very distorted and just toxic looking cartoon character. And like I said, the hair, what, I don't know if it was intended to be hair or what, it, it almost looks like it's parted down the middle and it's just like this neat type little haircut on top. The shoulders are black. And then as it transi transitions down into the, into the chest and torso area, there are some purples and some like magentas in there. And you can tell the difference between the amount of ink that was at the top of the piece to the, the amount that's at the bottom because the, the top had a lot to where it smeared like that and ran, whereas the bottom, it didn't even fully cover everything. So there's, there's several splotches and areas that the ink didn't fully transfer. And so it adds a lot of texture and you can see some transparency through to the paper. And it was just on white paper. Um, and so it's, it's, it kind of transitions nicely to like just fade away into, into the paper. And it's got like a central magenta area, like in the middle of the chest that it's just, I don't know. It just, it's literally four colors and yet it seems fairly complex in terms of, uh, complexity and simple at the same time, as ridiculous as that sounds. Like you look at the face and it's completely simple. It's like, okay, there's a smiley face that's, that's smeared. But then you get into the body and it's just like, there's, there's a lot going on. And so that was, that's the entire piece. And between this piece and the last piece, not only did I work on these other techniques, but I was also learning how to, um, mat and mount things. And so the other piece is mounted on just on some poster board, whereas this piece is actually matted uh, with an actual mat on top of it. And you'll see from the pictures that it's it's been around a while. There's some smudges and it's kind of dirty in spots, but it was just a white, a basic white mat. And I learned how to properly measure and cut the mat and so forth. And so there's another aspect to it, which is not so much part of the artwork, but it's more of the presentation, I guess. And so that, that ends up being the whole thing. But again, same, same type of piece, uh, or same type of reason for doing this piece. It was a matter of trying to establish some variety in terms of range and different techniques and so forth. And, you know, it's, it's one that's, that's been held onto. It's one that's kind of stuck around for for some reason or another. And so it's not spectacular, but something about it just kind of catches your eye and draws you in. Hey, Marley mates. What's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you. Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, Every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD.
You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.